Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your... Good morning, Edwin. Morning, Andrew. How you doing today? I am doing very well today. Glad to be here. Boy, me too. I'm excited about this week. A new psalm, Psalm 25. Psalm 25. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. I want you to listen to how this psalm starts, because I think it's going to sound slightly familiar to you, and that's going to be the thing I want to talk about today. All right. Why it sounds familiar. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble, and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes, and with what violent hatred they hate me. O guard my soul, and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Did any of that sound familiar to you? No, never heard it before in my life. <laughs> I don't believe you. I have to say, verses 1 and 2, I think uh, I have sung for a number of years in different worship settings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unto thee, O Lord. Uh, absolutely, that is it. Unto thee, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. In fact, as I was reading through this, uh, you know, preparing to have some of these conversations, I found myself reading those first couple of verses in syncopation. Now it's like (laughs) I couldn't, I've really sped up there. I got to slow down. I got to slow down. (laughs) And we also find uh, verse 7 is a part of that. Remember not the sins of my youth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't instead... uh, here it says, remember me according to your steadfast yeah. love, but we've got that passage or that verse in the song as well. So that song is actually from this psalm. Whenever we sing that song, let's let's go back to the psalm and remember where it came from and what it's about, because what we find here is a fantastic prayer 
and meditation. Mm-hmm. This this psalm goes back and forth between prayer mm-hmm. to God and meditation upon God, and I think that's fantastically significant. One of the powerful things about taking psalms, setting them to music and incorporating them into worship or even our own devotion, is, I think, the, the first person addressed to God. I mean, when you take that language and appropriate it, and that's not a knock at all on hymns and other spiritual songs that communicate truth, that have a different voice. But just to recognize, uh, to be able to sing this psalm, sing this meditation as I, I to the Lord, uh, it's, it's, it's immediate, okay? And, and there's a power in that. One of just in my mind as you're talking, I'm thinking about the way different songs get written, and sometimes some of the complaints people have about songs going mm-hmm. back and forth sometimes between talking to God or talking about God, and right. yet here we find a psalm. That's exactly what it does. I've often found that some of the things that people complain about mm-hmm. in songs or in prayers, we actually find in Scripture. I remember uh, long, long ago, I heard a fellow just really waxing eloquently about how awful it was to quote Scripture in prayer. <laughs> <laughs> because, look, God already knows the Scripture. You don't need to quote the Scripture in prayer. And yet we find that happening all over. That is some odd reasoning. I've, I've also heard one that uh, where just that that real frustration. Now, look, I don't want... I don't like it when people, while they're praying, start preaching. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I remember when Jesus was standing before Lazarus' tomb and he prays a prayer, and then he specifically says, I wasn't really saying this for you, Father, but for those who were listening to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And so we, we recognize that idea of the prayer being used in order to teach. Yeah. And so, again— well, I appreciate what you observe there, though, that while we know the song unto thee, O Lord, which has taken, you know, a few phrases out of this psalm, when you look at the psalm in its entirety, it does bounce back and forth. I'm talking to God. I'm meditating upon God, you know, and yeah, and that's great. And so you have both in one psalm. And all I'm saying is, is that I think we need to be really, really careful when we start complaining about the way people pray. Make sure that what we're complaining about is not something we see in Scripture. I wasn't taking what you were saying as a complaint at all. I, I thought you were praising one particular thing, and I was I, wanting yeah, to expand it. And to, I was, yeah. So you, <laughs> you were complaining, or you were praising? No, I was trying to. Okay. I was trying to point <laughs> yeah. out something cool. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take it as a complaint at all. Okay, so I think good, we're on the same good. page on that one. I don't want to. I don't want to grumble in these text talks. I don't want to be a grumbler think you at all. All right, I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. So back to unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Here's what I think is really cool. So that idea of lifting up my soul. Now I know it's been a little bit since we actually recorded the conversations for the last psalm. You know, for everybody who's listening day after day, we appreciate you guys. You remember what was just said last week. For us, it's been a while. We record these so early. I'm just, just to let everybody know, I'm really going to be excited to find out who wins the presidential election. That's how far ahead we are. <laughs> I wish we were that far ahead. Not quite that far ahead, but uh, but we are waiting to see who's going to win the Super Bowl while yeah, we're yeah, recording you, you this. Know, that's right. We are waiting to that see that. That is definitely true. However, for those who've been following along, they might remember, wait a minute, this sounds very familiar to something we just read last week in mm. Psalm 24. Did you pick up on that? Oh, lift up my soul. Lift up my soul. In last week's psalm, Psalm 24, as it was asking, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? 
The first statement was, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. But the, the next one was, who does not lift up his soul to what is false. Mm-hmm. In fact, the New King James says idols. And we talked about the idea that the, the false was communicating false religion, false idols. So it, it almost, to me... Again, this is one of those places. I don't know how many times we're going to say this as we go through 150 psalms. I I understand each one is its own literary unit. I recognize that uh, I can understand Psalm 25 without understanding Psalm 24 and vice versa. And yet, I'm getting the picture that Psalm 25 has been placed right next to Psalm 24 for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 24, it said, if you lift up your soul to what is false, you cannot climb God's holy hill. Mm-hmm. And now, almost as if in response to that, we have this absolute clear starting declaration. I don't lift up my soul to what is false. I lift my soul up to you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And if you remember back in Psalm 24, it said that the person who is this, the, the one who meets these qualifications of Psalm 24, 4, the one who has clean hands and pure heart, who doesn't lift up his soul to what is false, right. who doesn't swear deceitfully. In verse 5, it said, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. And here in Psalm 25, the psalmist kicks off with, I do lift up my soul to you, mm-hmm. Don't let me be put to shame. Mm -hmm. Lord, Mm -hmm. keep your word. Keep your promise. You've said that what I'm supposed to get is blessing. So please do not let me be put to shame. Right. Do what you said. Not shamed and not let my enemies triumph over me. You know, it's it's great as we explore this psalm, and we'll probably get more into it. But you've got, uh, you've got I think, two kinds of enemies talked about in this psalm. You've got the psalmist saying, I've been an enemy to myself confessing his sin. Mm, Yeah, we're going to get to that. And that he's had a problem with that, as we all have, for a while. Don't remember the sins of my youth, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a sinner, I need a forgiveness. But then you've got these external enemies as well, which is certainly something we've come to again and again as we've talked through the Psalms, which is the danger of external enemies and the only protector, the only deliverer, is the Lord. So here he is calling out to God again for protection, deliverance, let me not be put to shame. But it's not just that the external foes might get upon him, but that his own sin and transgressions might bring him to ruin and and not allow him uh, to come to God. Well, the God might allow the enemies to gain the upper hand because of my sins. Mm-hmm. I might need to be disciplined. Or I've separated myself from his protection and blessing. One of the things I read, and I can't remember who made this comment. Let me throw this out to you, see what you think about it. In this psalm, the enemies are mentioned. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't seem to be quite as intense as some of the other psalms we've read. I would agree with that. Like I said, there's space given to my own sin. And so we might be dealing with kind of a beginning, something that's getting started. I'm seeing the enemies step up. I'm seeing them start to gather around hey, can we stop this before it really, truly gets started? We've got mm-hmm. some other psalms where it's intense and it's been right. going on for a very, very long time, and David or the psalmist cannot understand why that has been allowed. This seems to be kind of in the starting phases of the enemies are stepping up. I see them. They're hateful. They're violent. Please do something about this before it gets any worse. So it's again, it's kind of it almost seems to be like that starter prayer. <laughs> hey, starter prayer, I like that. My first take on the psalm was this is like the psalm for every day. Mm. Um, you know, it, it defies a little bit 
to be easily categorized, you know, is, is this a lament? Is this a confession? Is this yes. praise? It's hard. And, and, I, and I think that's because, well, all of these elements are in it. And that's what, boy, this is a psalm for every day, because really no matter kind of where you're going through or what you're going through, what the situation is, you're going to be identifying with a part of this psalm. And of course, uh, God is worthy to be praised and glorified every day and, and our, you know, our recommitment, if I can use that word, that sunrise, it's a new day, God's given us this day, what are we going to do with it? Let's commit it. Let's recommit it to God and to thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. I appreciate you bringing up this idea of the psalm for every day and how difficult it is to kind of place it in a particular spot. In fact, even the psalms that we can place in particular spots seem to be written generically. If there wasn't a heading, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to say, oh, this is when that was written. In fact, I was studying something recently just about the psalms that made this point. So I'm going to read a psalm to you okay, and, and see if we can tell when this psalm would have been written. I'm going to try to do this quickly. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, and the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Do you have any idea when that psalm was written? What situation? I'm not sure if I'm exactly understanding your question. I, I may just need to drink a little more coffee. <laughs> are you are you saying when in the life of a psalmist? Yeah. Are you yeah, saying what, when? What, what event? What event? What event had happened that prompted the writing of that psalm? It's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. That is in First Samuel chapters one through four. That is the psalm that Hannah prays <laughs> after Samuel is born. And other than the little line about the barren and the one who had many children, you would never even know. I mean, this this talk of enemies. No, you got me good. I'm sitting here thinking, well, I would call it probably messianic because there's so much talk about the Lord and his victory over battle, <laughs> or victory in battle, right? So I, I just so bring this, this is, up. This was a psalm of thanksgiving for the for the child. For Samuel. Yeah. 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 So we find, so here's the reason I bring that up. <laughs> I don't want us to ignore when psalms are written because I think that helps us understand. Just like today, it's great to find out when a song was written and and get that background. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things I recognize is that, wow, that psalm seems pretty intense to be referring to a second wife who makes fun of me because I haven't had children. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And so that may help us understand some of these really expansive, extreme statements that we find in the psalms. And 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 enemies may not always be the Philistines or or someone. It, It could be it could be something that to us would seem much less, but boy, when you're in the middle of it, 
it it hurts. Well, and how insightful about Hebrew poetry and how it yeah. works. Yeah. I mean, honestly. But unto thee, O Lord, I will lift up my soul. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've stretched us a little bit longer than we're supposed to go this morning. I think you're right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and have a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. We lift up our soul to you. We trust in you. O Father, let us not be ashamed. And we trust that those who wait upon you never shall be ashamed. Help us to walk in that confidence this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.